The upsets continued on Sunday in week 11 of the NFL season. Which teams couldn't avoid them this week? Any teams jump into a playoff spot driver's seat? Did any fall completely out of the race? I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Yes, fire it up. It is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked On Network, at Bob Rack, easiest way to find me. And make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Great daily content, including four interviews from this episode alone. You're going to want to check it out. Major upsets continue to be the theme in week 11 of the NFL season. You had a big showdown between a pair of NFC North teams, the first place Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings. Could Minnesota be one of those teams to pull off the upsets? Could the Texans put the brakes on an eight-game losing skid against the Tennessee Titans? And would the Arizona Cardinals once again, without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, be able to rebound from their worst loss of the season last week in Week 10 of the Carolina Panthers? And could Carolina continue to put themselves back in the a pretty cloudy NFC playoff picture and which team is the best in the AFC this week. It seems to be changing by the week. Let's start with the early games. The city of brotherly love didn't have much love for the Saints. Jalen Hurts rushed for three touchdowns in the Eagles' 40-29 to win over New Orleans in Philadelphia. Hurts finished with 69 yards on the ground, and Miles Sanders returned from injury, led Philly with 94 rushing yards. The Eagles made hay in the kicking game. Jake Elliott made four field goals as Philly improved to 5-6 and six back in that murky NFC playoff picture. Trevor Simeon led the Saints offense with 214 yards, three touchdowns, but threw two interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown by Darius Slay right before halftime. If you remember last week, Darius Slay was returning a Melvin Gordon fumble for a TD. It was uh, Slay's third defensive touchdown of the 2021 season. New Orleans fell to 5-5 five and five in the loss. In the NFC South, or another team in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers, a big win in Week 10 over the Arizona Cardinals. Cam Newton was back in front of the Panthers' home crowd. He was getting the start at quarterback, but it was Washington that stole the show is the former Panthers head coach Ron Rivera on the sidelines for WFT. Taylor Heineke tossed three touchdowns against his former team as Washington football team won 27-21 over the Panthers in Charlotte. Heineke connected with Cam Sims, DeAndre Carter, and scary Terry McLaurin for touchdown passes. McLaurin shined with five catches for 103 yards. Antonio Gibson rushed for 95 yards on the ground. Well, he didn't win. Newton played well for Carolina, throwing for 189 yards, two scores, and rushing for 46 yards and a touchdown. The Panthers' other MVP-level player, Christian McCaffrey, rushed for just 59 yards, had seven catches, though, for 60 yards and a score. Washington moves to 4-6. and six. Carolina falls back under 500 at 5-6. and six. The Dolphins extended their winning streak, or one, and now officially have a winning streak. Three games after grounding the Jets 24-17 in East Rutherford. Tua threw for 273 yards, two scores. Jalen Waddell 
scored a one-yard rushing touchdown. Matt Collins and Miles Gaskin each caught a TD in the win. Joe Flacco started quarterback for the Jets. He threw for 291 yards and two touchdowns. Elijah Moore, the rookie, caught eight passes for 141 yards and a TD. Jamison Crowder also caught a touchdown in the loss. New York lost its third straight and is now 2-8, and eight, while Miami improved to 4-7 and seven after a disastrous start to the season. The Colts ran their way to a 41-15 victory. We're talking about upsets. This was one of them, despite the Colts playing really good football lately. They beat the, the Bills 41-15, as I said. In Orchard Park, Jonathan Taylor carried the ball 32 times for 185 yards and four touchdowns. That's not it. Taylor also caught a touchdown from Carson Wentz in the win for Indy. Josh Allen threw a couple touchdowns. Stefan Diggs, but also threw a pair of interceptions. Mitchell Trubisky also threw an interception in the route for Buffalo in the loss. The Colts have won their last three games, 6-5 and five on the season, while the Bills have dropped two of their last three and slipped to 6-4. and four. Jonathan Taylor has officially entered the MVP chat. Over 1,100 yards, 1,122, 13 rushing touchdowns. He's tied with uh, James Conner for the league lead in rushing scores. 322 yards receiving for Taylor in two more scores, 15 total touchdowns for the second-year player out of Wisconsin. The Lockdown NFL Podcast, of course, on YouTube. This interview lives on YouTube. Check it out. Great daily content coming your way. Bo Brock, your Monday host. I'm joined by Jake Lisko, of course, co-host Locked on Bengals. And after back-to-back losses, the Bengals rebound with a big win over the Las Vegas Raiders. And it looked a little sluggish at the start of this game, Jake, didn't it? It was sluggish at the start of the game, and Evan McPherson had to kick three 50-plus-yard field goals to get the scoring started, in addition to a Joe Mixon touchdown on a really nice lineback play. But, yeah, it was a little bit slow to start. Joe Burrow turning the ball over on the Bengals' first drive again, triggering PTSD for Bengals fans everywhere (laughs) who weren't ready to relive another disaster. But this one has a very different finish as the defense really played a heck of a game outside of one explosive drive for the Raiders and kept Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and company in check. Although Darren Waller, as he does, did get his. Yeah, he certainly did. 32-13 was the final score in this contest. So the uh, I, I think that the final score may be not as indicative as slow as things started, but the Bengals did a great job in pulling away with this one once they kind of found their footing, didn't they? Yeah, they really stuck to their game plan in some ways in the second half. And early in the game, Joe Mixon wasn't finding much running room. I think he was somewhere around two and a half yards per carry in the first half and closer to five yards per carry in the second half, a little bit over five yards per carry in the second half. And so I think there were some tendencies they wanted to exploit in the running game when they were trying to go after him early. But when the Raiders were fresh, those plays weren't working quite as well. The offensive line was losing its matchups from time to time. And in the passing game in particular, they had a lot of issues with Max Crosby on the right side with Riley Reef trying to block him. So it wasn't all pretty, but sticking with the run game late, Joe Mixon found those lanes in the second half, ends up with a really nice game and continues his stretch of playing really well against the Raiders. He was He's from the Oakland area and has always seemed to like playing against his, I guess, former hometown team. Yeah, 30 carries in this contest, 123 in the touchdown. Gerald Burrow, a touchdown in the contest. Pretty slow day for Burrow. The one touchdown goes to Jamar Chase. He continues in his incredible rookie campaign. In order for this Bengals team to be successful, and as we mentioned, they dropped back-to-back games before the bye. 
They were certainly rested up. They're six and four on the season and arguably the toughest division in the NFL, all for 500. What, how, what's the most important facet of the game for them to get right each and every uh, week? Is it that run game with Mixon? Is it the passing attack with Burrow and Chase and all those guys, or is it that defense? It's really all of it. I know you asked me to pick one, but it's sure. been a different thing every week. Some weeks, nothing works. Like against the Browns, they couldn't really get anything going. And in that sense, it's a complete game. Against the Jets, the defense just evaporated, right? Against the Bears earlier this year, they couldn't get the offense going until too late in the game. So if you look at all their losses individually, it's kind of different things in each of them. Some of them are games where the defense played well. They they could run the ball okay, and they couldn't pass the ball. And so it's getting everything on the same page and, and finding a way to be a little bit more consistent, to control the game script a little bit better, something they did well against the Raiders, although they didn't get out to a fast start. They outpossessed the Raiders nearly two to one. And I think that mattered. I think taking the ball out of Derek Carr's hands and forcing the game to be a little bit shorter for the Raiders offense did help, although the Raiders kind of squandered their last two opportunities with turnovers anyway. Uh, getting everything together and, and executing throughout the game is, is important because they seem to have the guys, mm-hmm. whether it's Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, you know, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, the, the kind of third and fourth fiddles at this point on this offense or the defense playing more like the first seven games in their eighth and ninth game, getting it all together and, and finding a way to play at a high level more consistently is the way forward because if you look at their remaining schedule, seems like every game except for a trip, no, except for hosting the 49ers is against a team in the AFC playoff hunt because everything is so compressed yeah. around five, six wins in the AFC. Every game is going to be important. How big a trouble were the Ravens without Lamar Jackson and could Minnesota hold off Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers for an upset W? Got to tell you about DirecTV. Yeah, what's new with DirecTV? DirecTV Stream. It's a simple way to get all your entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting to get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. It's Bo Brock hanging out with you on a Monday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day. We know you have so many different options out there, and the fact that you choose us, uh, we really appreciate you doing that. So the upsets continued around the league in Week 11. One of the most surprising kind of uh, shakes up what we thought we knew about the AFC. The Texans forced five turnovers against the Titans in a 22-13 win in Tennessee. Desmond King had two of those picks. And despite just 190 total yards of offense, Texans raced out to a 19-0 lead behind two rushing touchdowns from Terod Taylor. Houston snapped an eight-game losing streak with the victory. Ryan Tannehill. 323 passing yards, four interceptions in the game. The loss ends a six-game Titans winning streak, and it begs the question. So you've heard about the Bills' loss, and you've heard about the Texans' win over the Titans. Uh, we'll get into whether or not the if the Chiefs could stay back on track. Uh, one team we got to get into now, the Baltimore Ravens. Kevin Ostriker from Locked on Ravens. He joins us to talk about a big victory as the Ravens 
kind of outlast, hold on, beat the Chicago Bears. Actually, they didn't hold on. They rallied past them 16 to 13 at Soldier Field. And it was uh, an impressive performance from the backup quarterback. Tyler Huntley had to come in in a pinch. That might be the bigger story of this thing, Kevin. Yeah, it's one of the bigger ones for sure, Bo. And I think, you know, with, with the whole Lamar Jackson illness situation, this was Jackson's first game missed whether it be by injury or by non-COVID-related illness. So other than COVID and rest days, he's never missed a game due to injury or illness. You know, and you're kind of thinking it's it's up and down with Jackson this week, or at least last week. You know, he didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. He's back in practice on Friday, talking to the media, saying, hey, I'm good, I'm good. And then Saturday, they had him back to the injury report. Sunday, you know, reports are he's not feeling good. He's inactive. Tyler Huntley, in a pinch you mentioned, comes in. And all in all, his first NFL start leads mm-hmm. this team to a 16-13 to 13 victory. And one of the more impressive parts about it is that game-winning drive he orchestrated really pushed this team to a victory. I mean, it was five plays, 72 yards, a minute and 19 seconds right after the Bears had hit a really big play for a touchdown. And those are the types of things you want to see out of any quarterback, especially a backup who now you know that, yes, he's no Lamar Jackson. I think a lot of people aren't Lamar Jackson in this NFL, but you can now trust him in those situations to go out there and at least give you some competent football. And that's what he showed on Sunday. Devontae Freeman punched in the go-ahead score, the game-winning score. Uh, It was not Justin Fields that was leading at the time the, the Bears passed the Ravens. It was the Red Rifle and Andy Dalton. He had two big touchdown passes in the second half. Uh, you know, let me ask you this in Lamar's act absence. I mean, Huntley played well, 26 for 36, 219. He did have a pick who stepped up in Lamar's absence to really catapult them to victory. Yeah, well, outside of Huntley, this was a big Mark Andrews game. Andrews caught 8 of 10 targets, was really involved. Definitely Huntley security blanket. I think every young quarterback, especially a new one, has to have one of those. And Andrews is one of the best in the business. A big Mark Andrews game there for sure. You also saw other contributions. Sammy Watkins had a couple of really timely plays. Rashad Bateman drew two pass interference calls, which was really big in this one. But overall, I mean, it was a group effort. The offensive line didn't play particularly well in this game. You know, we saw a bunch of pressures, a bunch of sacks given up by them. So... The running game was okay. Freeman definitely had some nice runs. You mentioned had that go-ahead score. He was that guy for them. Latavius Murray had a couple of runs. But, you know, I I would say Mark Andrews outside of Huntley was the biggest guy to really step up and lead this team to a win. This defense continues to kind of give up the big play. Do you see anybody that could step their game up and slow that down in the foreseeable future? They've got the Browns coming up. They've got the Steelers after that. We know what that passing attack looks like. Uh, I mean, is is it just going to come down to Marlon Humphrey playing a little bit better football going forward? Yeah, no, it's, it's a team effort. And, and yeah. I think in this game, the Ravens were down Anthony Averett. They were down Jimmy Smith. They had three healthy corners active mm. on Sunday. And, you know, for any NFL team, that is very, very thin. And Tavon Young even left this game for a little bit. So they had two at one point. And it's just those types of injuries. They're obviously missing Marcus Peters. And in the secondary, also, and you have Deshaun Elliott, who is out for the other. He's a safety. But the Ravens passing mm-hmm. defense, you know, in the secondary, they have those playmakers like Humphrey and Chuck Clark, but they just haven't been able to put it together. You know, some people are starting to lean towards, is this a scheme issue with, with what Don Martino brings to the table? On that go-ahead touchdown for the Bears before the go-ahead touchdown for the Ravens, Don Martino brought all-out pressure, you know, left guys in one-on-one situations. Like, really young cornerback in Chris Westry left him on an island. He bites for the double move hard. You don't have a safety back there. So, you know, that's the touchdown. You're done after that. So, I think, you know, they'll look back at this. It's obviously, I think, a combination of play calling 
and execution. I don't think it falls on either or of those areas. I think it's both combined. And so they'll go back to the drawing board. You mentioned they have a really tough stretch here over these last seven weeks, and they'll have to perform better in the passing defense area if they want to string out some wins. So the Ravens, a big W. I think they're in the conversation for one of the top teams in the AFC. But, you know, going back to the Titans, another horrible loss. So now they have on their resume losses to the Texans and the Jets, who are the two of the worst teams in football up there with the Detroit Lions. Uh, and then they've got a loss to a really good Cardinals team to open the season. But, you know, you got losses against the Jets and you got losses against the Texans. I think that might take you out. No, it does. It takes you out of the running for being one of the top teams in the AFC. It does really kind of sully any of the goodwill that they've created over the last, what, six games that uh, they had won previous to Sunday. But uh, that Texans or that Titans offense uh, needs to figure a lot out in what uh, the rest of the season looks like without King Henry in the backfield because uh, right now it's a mess. Nick Chubb rushed for 130 yards and had a receiving touchdown in Cleveland's 13-10 win over the Lions in Cleveland. The Browns scored all of their points in the second quarter, and they were able to keep Detroit to just 245 yards of total offense. Jarvis Landry scored a touchdown on the ground. Baker Mayfield passed for 176 yards, a TD, and had two interceptions. The Browns remain in last place in a very tough AFC North at 6-5. and five. Tim Boyle made his first career start at quarterback and passed for just 77 yards and two interceptions. DeAndre Swift, the lone bright spot for Detroit, ran for 136 yards in a big touchdown. Lions remain winless at 0-9-1 on the season. What was probably the game of Sunday in week 11 with Green Bay Packers fell to the Minnesota Vikings. 34-31, Greg Joseph on the better end of a you know potential game-winning kick than he's been this season. 3-3, three and three, I think I saw that the, uh, the Vikings were in situations like this this season where it's just kind of been the final snap decides the game. Is that correct? Luke Braun, Lockdown Vikings? Ooh, I'd have to look at if, if you wanted to say final snap. Uh, but I do know they've had, so they've they've now played ten games. They're five and five. Yeah, there has been one of those games decided by more than a score. A week three win against the Seahawks. Everything else has been a one score game. Some of them have been more quote unquote last play than others. They've had a loss by a touchdown to the Browns, where their last possession was kind of a desperation possession. They've had situations like that. Um, and then they had like a game last week against the Chargers where they knelt it out. It wasn't really the last play, but it was still a one score win. It was still a close game. But they do kind of live here. Adam Thielen after the game kind of said, yeah, we that, that final drive, we've been here before. We were all really calm. We know this. It's really comfortable. There weren't nerves because we do this every week. And Mike Zimmer said, you know, they've got a lot of experience on the last play of the game. So yeah. they, they just kind of live here. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, at five and five, and yeah, I did see that's the stat. Six of their ten games, you know, have been decided in the final snap, and they're three and three in those games. And this mm. was a notch on the the positive part of the belt. Uh, you know, to to outlast Aaron Rodgers and this Packers team is that experience that's going to be you know uh, uh, good for this team going forward. They they can't get out of their own way elsewhere to where it might not matter. Well, you kind of hope that some t- some of these games where they scream out to a two score lead in the first half don't get to this point, right? Yeah. And they, you know, they've got a lot of experience in th- this last part. And sure, you know, when you're like, hey, we did this ten times, you know, at the beginning of the year, and you're sitting there in a wild card game, and it's down the last thing, that could come in handy, you know, if they make or you know, week eighteen game where you need it to get into the playoffs, that kind of thing, life on the line, they're going to be a little more comfortable. But there's also 
they're really good at blowing uh, a lead in the end of the first half, and they're really good at melting down in the fourth quarter when all they need to do is get a stop to win the game. And they're really good at you know going three and out when a good score or a big long drive would pretty much seal it. So there are a lot more problems than that with the Vikings um, that I don't know if they can fix. They are a pretty young team, and they're getting pretty good at this particular thing that usually comes with experience, but yeah, they're pretty young. They're pretty, I don't know, s- at yeah. this point he had eight catches 169 beast. touchdowns yeah i mean probably He's beast. To, that's it unreal performance by him in back-to-back weeks is is that is he him taking kind of that step forward as an elite receiver in this league has that been the difference he's always been this good um, yeah. He's always been streaking open downfield constantly in the game. The difference is, I think, a, f- a bit of a philosophy change. So there are a couple adjustments that they made leading into last week's game against the Chargers that have made this huge uh, difference after a couple of very anemic offensive performances in the couple weeks prior. Uh, a, they just kind of made a point to say, you know, Justin, we are going to go to you more. Um, and And telling Kirk... Throw a dangerous pass. It's okay. And mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer even said, you know, some of them get tipped and go up and become an interception. Like, then that's so be it. Throw the risky pass and, and trust your wide receiver to come make a play. And what Justin Jefferson says about all that is, you know, I can see the ball. DB can't see the ball because he only knows to turn around when I turn around. So I know when it's coming. I have an advantage. Let me use that advantage to make a big contested catch. You saw that on the final uh, touchdown the Vikings scored with Justin Jefferson just making an adjustment to the ball. Defensive back couldn't see it at all. And, uh, you know, he can then catch it and then even had enough space to score from there. So, yeah, that's they've made a big adjustment. They made a couple of schematic adjustments to open those things up a little bit more routes, kind of stressing each other a little bit more and routes working together a little more instead of just ISO a bunch of curls across the board and everybody having to win man to man. No, you're kind of giving Justin Jefferson a little more help. um, And they're constantly tweaking their offense to try to get to those deep concepts a little easier with the O-line that's struggling and all that stuff. So they've made a lot of changes, but I think a big one is just Mike Zimmer going to Kirk Cousins and saying, dude, rip it. Like you can do this. If it goes bad, it goes bad, but rip it. Let's go. It's the ultimate trust fall. Wide receivers yeah. that you can truly trust in those situations. DeAndre Hopkins, probably one of one of the guys in the games today. Devontae Adams, and then Justin Jefferson has emerged. Luke Braun talking about this win all day today on Monday's edition of Lockdown Vikings. I do have to get this in there. This might oh, no. be the greatest game coming up between a pair of five and five teams in NFL history. Oh, yeah. The Niners-Vikings is a sneaky, sneaky good game about a pair of contrasting styles. I can't wait for Huge it. Huge game. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because the Shanahan Kubiak thing have been, I mean, they've been identical offenses for a while, but they have sort of diverged a little bit where Shanahan's doing a lot more pre-snap motion stuff, trying to still kind of stretch things horizontally. And this Clint mm-hmm. Kubiak version of the offense has turned more like a spread offense than, I mean, they, they are not like a zone boot team anymore like they were for so many years under Clint's dad, Gary. So... Yeah, that it's it's going to be a very very interesting one, and we got a little bit of a revenge thing going on because a couple of years we went into San Francisco in the playoffs and things didn't go well. No, no, they didn't. A pair of uh, the Niners division foes squared off in the Pacific Northwest. The Arizona Cardinals were once again without their stars, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Could the Cards rebound from their worst loss of the season in Week Ten in Week Eleven? plus a wild Sunday night football game. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you're just missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. 
You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself just to believe it. Most protein bars, they're chalky, they're waxy, and they're just plain hard to choke down. But a Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that you're going to enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars, though, low in carbs, low calories, low fat, low sugar, but high in protein. All healthy benefits that you want on top of just being purely delicious. So many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar, there's so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. And this month, Built is coming out with a new limited-time flavor every three or four days, so check their website often so you don't miss out. Right now, go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. It's nearly Thanksgiving, and we know what that means. Football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered for all the holiday season. More props, odds, lines, more than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head over to the new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. It's one word and receive your bonus. That means if you put in $100, bucks, you get $50 free to help build your stack. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro, college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. See what I did there? Bo Brock hanging out with you on a Monday edition of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. The Arizona Cardinals, for the second time in three weeks, were able to overcome the fact that they didn't have their star quarterback, Kyler Murray, star wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, and star defensive player, J.J. Watt, who's, it's a long shot that he returns this season, but as for Kyler and DeAndre, they could certainly return at any week, but they didn't this week, and it was no problem. Colt McCoy was able to rebound from a tough performance in Week 10 against Carolina and lit up the Seattle Seahawks 35 for 44, 328 yards and two touchdowns. The first time in forever that Colt McCoy had eclipsed 300 yards passing. James Conner found the end zone on the ground once again, his 13th rushing touchdown on the season, he tie, he's tied with Jonathan Taylor for the league lead in rushing touchdowns. Zach Ertz found the end zone twice, acquired earlier this season by the Arizona Cardinals for a fifth-round pick. And cornerback uh, Tay Gowan, Ertz had eight catches for 88 yards in those two scores. Uh, two sacks for Chandler Jones. And Seattle, they, uh, they had to wait. I think they'd gone seven quarters. They had gone 19 straight possessions without a touchdown. They finally found Paydirt. DJ Dallas rushed into the end zone. Russell Wilson, another pretty pedestrian performance, 14 for 26, 207. No touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked four times. And Seattle's offensive line has uh, it's given up well over 30 sacks this season. 23-13 final there in Seattle. They look like their season is done at 3-7. and seven. Cardinals 9-2 there in the driver's seat in the NFC and the NFC West. They're up on the on the Rams, who had a bad loss. They're on their bye. But then the Rams have to take on the Green Bay Packers, who had a bad loss on Sunday. Uh, next week, on the uh, next Sunday in, in Week 12, Cardinals bye week, and then they hit the road, take on the Chicago Bears, 
in Week 13 before taking on the Rams on Monday Night Football in Week 14. So, despite not having their stars, Arizona continues to play some of the best football in the league. We talk about some of the best teams in the AFC are trying to uh, figure out which team is the top team in the AFC. And the Chiefs keep rolling. They beat the Cowboys, extended their winning streak to four games as they beat the boys 19-9 in KC in a game where neither quarterback threw for a touchdown. Mahomes and Dak. So I guess you could say Mahomes slightly outdueled Prescott. Mahomes completed 23 for 37, 260 yards. He did have an interception. Chris Jones was a wrecking ball. He uh, wreaked some havoc. Three and a half sacks, two tackles for a loss, three quarterback hips. KC improved to seven and four. It was a quiet day for the Dallas offense as the team rushed for only 82 yards. And with Dak throwing for 216 yards and a pair of picks sunk the ship for the Cowboys. Micah Parsons was a bright spot for the defense with two sacks and a forced fumble. Dallas drops to seven and three, has lost two of its last three contests. But Casey, I think, back in the conversation for the best team in the AFC. Look out the Patriots. They won on Thursday Night Football. They also uh, probably have entered the conversation for that as far as the top teams in the AFC. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, uh, man, that really just kind of makes things sound too easy as far as what actually transpired in this contest. It's like Justin Herbert giveth and then he immediately taketh away from the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-37 it was uh, Justin Herbert hitting Mike Williams on a big pass play to take this lead eventually the game winner and uh, I bring on David Drogemeyer of course from Locked On Bolts, Locked On Chargers whatever you want to call them they're talking Chargers football. David uh, how important was it to not let this one slip out of their grasp for the, the Bolts? Uh, it's extremely important, and and honestly, it's important because you don't want to go back to your old ways. There's such a stigma around the Chargers of this team's going to find any way they possibly can to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory because <laughs> they've lost in some fantastic ways throughout the years. And I mean, through through three quarters, you you felt pretty good about this game, and then things just started to change so quickly, and the blood pressure started to rise and. The Chargers had to weather the storm. The Steelers, to their credit, they really fought hard in this game, but the Chargers were able to overcome and ultimately secure a crazy, crazy win. Yeah, it, it certainly was. What it was, it uh, was it forty-one points that were scored in that final frame. Twenty-seven by Pittsburgh. Just a wild finish. And uh, you know, I talked to to Luke Braun of the Minnesota Vikings. They were supposed to have that new crown of the team that uh, would relinquish leads and, and lose in devastating fashion. And yeah, I talked to you a couple or a couple times earlier this season that the chargers had some dramatic wins and we're on the, on the, on the right side of things. So uh, what, I mean, we're looking at the chargers now six and four in a, in a very uh, just uh, murky AFC West. It seems like this win is something that they could maybe parlay into something good. Well, yeah, especially after a couple of really tough weeks, you know, where the, the Chargers, they're, yeah. they're losing some some games that, you know, they were in and that they, that they had chances to win. And you just see, you know, that Vikings game was especially frustrating. It's just you could never get anything going. Um, and then it was really important, you know, in this game against the AFC opponent, uh, opponent who is right next to you in the standings. Um, to go out there and, and really put together a, a very good game plan. You had a great opportunity because the Steelers had a lot of defensive starters that were out this game. 
Yeah. I mean, you didn't have TJ Watt. You didn't have Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of key guys. I mean, Joe Hayden, a lot of guys that, you know, are, are there every week and are huge contributors on defense. And if the Chargers weren't able to maximize on that opportunity to get the win here, I mean, you're, you're really looking at a completely different season, but it's time to go. It, it's, it's getting late in November, and it, this is the time frame where these games really matter, and you have to start stacking wins. You want to play your best football as you're going into December, and the Chargers have put themselves in a position to do that. Yeah, and Justin Herbert, uh, he led the charge at the end, but the the interception, do you feel like that's uncharacteristic, or is that just something that Herbert needs to uh, clean up from his game? Well, that particular interception was, wasn't really his fault. I mean, he threw the ball and hit Cam Hayward directly in the helmet, went right through his <laughs> hands, hit him right in the helmet. It pops up in the air, and, and it gets intercepted. And the defender made a fantastic play on that to, to secure that interception. So, I mean, yeah, it, you know, you're going to see an interception on the stat sheet, but I don't really blame that one on Herbert. But, uh, I mean, if you look at the stats, the, the Chargers and Justin Herbert, they win football games when he does not throw interceptions. I mean, the Chargers are 4-0. Uh, when he does not throw an interception. So it's very, very important for him to protect the football. But one thing that Justin Herbert did with great success in this game that you don't see a lot is he ran with the ball. When the blitz was getting after him, he did not make a bad throw. He made the best decision. He saw a hole and he took it and he ran for almost over 90 yards rushing in this game. That was huge to stay ahead of the sticks, keep the football, and maximize those opportunities to be able to punch it in the end zone and score touchdowns. 382 in the air, three touchdowns, the interception, 90 yards on the ground, including a big 36-yarder that uh, Cam Hayward, who was uh, who took one in the face later, uh, also had a bad you know, roughing or personal foul after that 36-yard penalty. So... You know the uh, the Steelers five four and one Chargers six and four big game against the uh, Denver Broncos after this, but uh, you you feel like this is kind of just working. I mean Justin Herbert, this was good Justin Herbert. This wasn't uh, the last what two out of three games, three out of four games where he's kind of struggled. You think he's back on track for the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, I think this was a great opportunity uh, going up against the Steelers defense to really get right, and and you know there was a lot of opportunity to. I mean, no, no matter who you're going up against, this is the NFL, and you're going up against the highest caliber competition. So for Justin Herbert to go out there and throw for 380 yards and get 90 yards on the ground and really put put his team on his back, be the best player on the football field, as Brandon Staley likes to say, I mean, that's huge. And like I said, you want to play your best football going into December, and Justin Herbert, by all accounts, looks like he is doing that. Austin Eckler, four total touchdowns, kind of gets lost. Monster. A uh, huge game. David Drogemeyer, the guys over at uh, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Chargers, they're talking about it today. David, always fun to catch up with you, man. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it, Brock. I'm sure we'll do it again time, sometime soon. Week 11 wraps up tonight. Bucks hosting the Giants Monday Night Football. Brady going against the team that robbed him of a pair of Super Bowls back when he was wearing a Patriots uniform, but uh, no Eli Manning this time, no Michael Strahan, no David Tyree making any helmet catches, no Mario Manningham fingertip catches either. But uh, it's Brady versus the G-Men tonight, Monday Night Football. Your guys, Ross Jackson and Luke Braun, who you heard earlier on today's podcast, they're breaking down, recapping Monday Night Football Plus Hooking you up with some fantasy football insight as they always do. Make sure you're following along at Lockdown Network. Follow me, your Monday host, Bo Brock, at Bob Rack. That's going to do it for me. That's going to wrap us up. 
Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Have a great week. Have a great holiday. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Lots to be thankful for. And I'll talk to you a week from today. Wrapping up week 12 of the NFL season right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Now that you've made Locked On, the Locked On NFL Podcast, your first listen, make Locked On Bets your second listen, giving you all the betting insight, your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.